Welcome, everyone, with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. It is an honor and a pleasure to be on, especially before this Pesach, um, this Pesach Yantiv coming up. I'd like to thank everyone that have called in so far with messages or sent text messages. And I would even make a request. I mean, we can ask about any topics, but I'd make a request if we could focus it more on the Pesach concept. I think that would be able to address some of the issues, some of the stresses, some of the concerns that are going on. And, again, we'll take any question or any comment. The number to call in to ask your question is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. And, again, we are looking forward to taking your questions and your comments. We are going to start with our first caller. Ms. R., you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi. Yeah. Hello? How are you doing? Yes. Um, I'd like to ask a question. I've got a sister. I'm 15. I've got a sister. She's older than me. And she keeps on asking me favors, like um, not things that she can't do on her own. It's just like, let's say, bring me a tissue, get me a cough, tie my shoes, and whatever. I feel very bad to tell her no, but I think it's become ready enough. And she keeps on telling me, like, oh, be a mitzvah and do it, and I don't know what to do. Am I meant to do it for her every time, or... What I don't do, she gets upset to me and says, why, why don't you never do it and whatever. Sure. So first of all, I'd like to thank you for staying up so late all the way from England. And as we know, we got your parents' permission. Let me shift it right back on to you. You're 15 years old, right, as you said. Do you find that your sister is the issue, that she is too bossy, or do you find that you are too weak in how to tell her no? Which would you say is the issue or maybe even both? Sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Okay. What would you say is the issue? Is it that your sister is pushing you too much and she shouldn't be asking you all these things? Or is it that you might be a little too weak to tell her no, she's allowed to ask, and you don't know how to say no? No, I think I don't mind doing it. It's fine with me to do it once in a while, but not every day she asks me. I don't know, it's getting a bit too much. Let's, let me ask you the question again. When she asks you, is it a problem if someone asks you a question? No, it's people are allowed to ask. Is it that you are too weak to say no? What happens if she asks ten times, could you please do this and you can go, no. Can you do this? No. Can you do this? No. Simple. No, I don't mind saying no, but I think it's quite rude of me to say. Well, ah, here we got there. Here we get to the issue. So there are two issues that go on. Many times we have people that ask questions that are real nosy body questions. They shouldn't be asking. But now, if a person is not comfortable saying no several times, I mean, they feel I'm being rude if I'm saying no, what happens is we flip the issue around. It means instead of recognizing that they are rude, asking so many times or asking certain pointed questions, we want to feel safe to be able to, if they ask a rude question, to be able to answer as politely as possible, but say no. So how would you Do feel I say that every no? time I should tell them no? Of course. It's not even a question. Avada. Yeah. Let so me I've ask you this. Watch she... this. Let me, do, let me do over here a little, a little role play with you. Can you <clears> lend me a million dollars right now? Sorry? Can you lend me a million dollars right now? No. Can you lend me a million dollars right now? No, I can't. I don't have the money on me. You're so mean that you're not lending me a million dollars right now. No, I'm not because I don't have the money. 
She asked Bob, me things that I can do. for a million dollars right now, can you please give it to me? No. Please give me a million dollars. I will be your best friend. No way, I won't because I don't have it. You're such a meanie that you're not giving me a million dollars. You know how important it is for me right now? Please, you must. I'm sorry, Eckert. Excellent. Now, do you notice how I just tried different tools, different ways to try to, to try to get something out of you that you can't do? And you see, were you rude? No, because you asked me now something that I really can't do. But That's you asked me things that I can do. Now, let's see if you can now think a little like an adult. Mitzini's not going to say something that I want to see how you would deal with it as an adult. And it goes as follows. When you don't have the money or it's not possible for you to, then you don't feel guilty saying no. Then you don't feel bad saying no, but if you could do it, but you know it's not that beneficial for you, now you're starting to feel the word guilty. So now, let me ask you, is the issue, is the issue that your sibling, that your sister is asking you too many questions, or is the issue that you feel guilty saying no? That she asked me too many things, because other siblings also ask me questions. Again, notice how I'm no asking my questions. I'd like you to answer my question. Can we try that? Yes. Do you feel bad saying no? Is the issue that she's asking you things, or is the issue that she's saying no? Um, both together. Good. So let's focus on you, because we love working on us. All right, let's focus on the person that is asking the question. Avnissa, what do you say to this? Uh, you, you, you gave her all the tools right now to, to start to uh, digest what, she, what she's all about. And, you know, just uh, you have to know how to stand up. And you know what? You can go back and tell your sister, you know, do me a favor, big, big mitzvah. Do me a favor, huge mitzvah. Can you do it? Please, you will save me. I cannot do it right now. Can you do it right now to you? And do it just giving the, the, the order the opposite side. What so do you let's think? understand exactly what Rav Nissen is saying. What he is saying is that how about you shift it right on to her? Just reflect it around. So let's say she asks you, can you please get me the tissue? Can you please do me a major favor and get yourself the tissue? Shift it right on to her. Can you please get me the spoon? Can you please do me a favor and get yourself the spoon? Same way you're asking me to do a mitzvah, I'm asking you. How would you feel if you can do that? Sorry? Hello? Yes. Um, do you mind to hold on a minute? It's not so clear. One minute. All right. And for those listening, what I'd like to recognize is this is a major secret that children and teenagers do not have. This is a skill. Yes. Sorry. That we learn. It's okay. This is a skill that we learn as we get older for those that are taught this skill. And the skill that we would like to learn is that we are allowed to say no even 50 times without feeling guilty when it's appropriate not to do it. So if something is not beneficial for us, we need to learn how to be able to say no. And there are many, many stories of Rabbanim where people went over to them and said, I can't control my thoughts well, certain things are happening, and the Rav says, well, watch this, and has them stand outside the door, and then just shuts the door on their face, and sort of says, you see how I just closed the door on you? That's how we need to learn to be able to close the door on our mind at certain times, or when certain things are happening. 
So what I would like us adults, parents that are listening, if we can even practice this with our teenagers, with our children, when people ask us something, so we do a role play, we ask them for things and we want to teach them how to say no respectfully. No, just right now it's not possible. Not I wish I could, not I can't, not I feel so bad, not even the negative words. Oh, you're really asking me to do this? You can even appreciate, I appreciate that you're able, that you feel comfortable and safe to ask me, but right now it's not a good time. Simple. No whys. Not giving any details, because then it's, I need to help my mother, maybe help me your mother later. And then many times these people will do that. We want to be able to teach teenagers to have the balance of to say yes and to say no. If you feel your teenager says too many times no, then practice with them saying yes. But for you... Okay, and what should I do if she tells me, um, it's a great mitzvah and you're losing out and whatever. Excellent. And we'll use now her of Nissen's tool. It's a big mitzvah. Could you please get it yourself? And you're doing me the mitzvah now. Yeah, that's her a good one. words for her. Notice what we're doing. What we're doing is we're teaching you how to be able to say no. And at times we've got to be able to do that. Got okay, it? and stand. Yes, beautiful. Um, do you have time for another question? If we could do it quickly, because we got a couple of people on the line, and I'd just also announce, like to announce it for others that are asked that want to ask the question: seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. And let's go ahead. Let's do a quick question because you did stay up all the way at this late hour in England, so we will give you the the quick question. Let's go with the second one. Yeah, so it's like now before, um, yeah, until then, my mother is getting me a lot of new clothes and whatever. And she often comes to me and says, you know, we spend already for you so much. Every day she comes and adds numbers to the bill. And I really feel bad for her, but I, I don't know what to tell her. I say, like, I really appreciate it. You want me to pay? So she says, no. So what am I meant to do? Okay. Now, why do you think your mother would say it? Is it possible, let me just shoot an idea, that instead of your parent, that you feel your mother's trying to make you feel guilty, or you feel guilty, your mother might actually be just wanting a nice thank you? I know, I do that all the time, but she okay. still says it. Well then, again, notice what's happening. You're reading into their words. How about when your mother says she spends so much, she just, that's it, so you say thank you. That's all. Don't start thinking. You see, what's happening is you start reading into their minds. This is, again, something that kids do and teenagers do. And many times we have this program in us, if, the, if it's too high, where we start reading into other people's minds and we start getting anxious, we start getting nervous, we start living life for them. Oh, this is too hard on your mother, that's too hard on your mother. And you start living, living in your brain without reality, with whatever's out there. Imagine you could go over to your mother and say, you know, Ma, when you tell me that you spend so much money on me or you don't have the money, I feel very guilty. What do you mean to say when you tell me that comment? Do you mean that I should say thank you? Do you mean to show me that maybe you spend more on me than other kids, that I should appreciate it? Which means many times people use words, and they have different meaning behind it. Ask her, do you even mean for me to feel guilty? Do you mean maybe that I shouldn't buy so much? Do you want me to pay? If you would speak to her openly and say, Ma, I'm feeling guilty when you say that, what do you mean to say? What do you think she would say? Do you think she means for you to feel guilty? Say that. I should just appreciate it. Okay, then can you just appreciate the way your mother wants? I'll try to. 
Okay, so now it's your job, Sir Nissen. Yes. You as a father, I know me as a father, I do that sometimes. I just got one of my kids actually an early Pesach, uh, a little Apikoyman present. And I said, wow, it's a lot of money. Recognize it. Not that they should feel guilty, just that they should recognize that the other kids are probably not going to get that expensive gift. But appreciate it. Yeah, I don't want to make them feel guilty. Baruch Hashem, I can afford the, guilt, the money. There's no place guilt there at all. Yeah, it's no. just value it. Because sometimes this kid could say, oh, you don't get me as much as the older ones. I just wanted to realize, when I get the older ones, you see what they get. When I get you something more valuable than them, then you don't focus on it. So that's why I tell the child, recognize, we're spending more on your gift than other ones, not because I want to show you that I spend on you more. When I feel it's appropriate for you, then, or a gift that I feel it's right and appropriate, then I'll do that. Thanks. So if the parents don't want to make feel guilty, then do you realize how not only are they getting you something expensive they want you to appreciate, but now they feel like they even hurt you, they're harming you? So the goal is to say happy. Ravnison, you're a father. Do yes. you have that sometimes? Yes, definitely. Uh... But, you know, first of all, I, I would say that it depends on the age, if I can, in, uh, you know, let the kids know the, the money and stuff like this. Really, definitely we want to that the kids will appreciate that uh, the value of the present or what value of the, the things that we purchase from them. But, again, uh, it's very, it depends on the kids. And uh, I, I, I myself trying to, you know, to put aside the, the price tag and, you know what, my dear daughter, my dear son, it's it's a lot of money. Keep it, uh, I know, take take care of it or do what. But you know, the money is not the issue here. It's more that uh, the the appreciation. You know, things that I really appreciate what you did, or and I give you this. But the matter of uh, again, it's it's very individual for 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 me. I I wouldn't uh, mention the the money on on my kids. How much is it? You know. Yes. Right. Excellent. So thank you for calling up. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. I really enjoy listening every day. You're very welcome. My pleasure. And I always say in England, cheerio. Cheerio. (laughs) (laughs) And we are going to go to Mrs. Z. You're with Mordechai and Harav Nissen on Radio Call, J-Root Radio. Hello. Yes, hello. Yes, hi. First of all, I'm ha- thank you so much for taking my call. It's just I'm having a very hard time hearing you once you tune me in. Right. Yes, I'm sorry about that. I'll try to speak up a little. Okay, thank you so much. So my question is as follows. I have a brother. He's 19 at the moment. That was, I guess he came up with some sort of medical condition a couple of years ago. And since then, I could say that he was turned into the baby of the family, like my parents were hovering over him. Did you eat? Did you sleep? Did you take your medicine? Did you do this? Did you do that? And he really wasn't acting his age because he really wasn't given any responsibilities or any just, you know, treated age appropriately. And it really affected him. I saw that he was really acting like a child. He went to yeshiva for the past two years, and for the past half a year, I should say, he has been going for therapy in Eretz Israel. And now that he's come home, I've seen a major change in him, but I see um, the patterns are repeating themselves. As much as I keep telling my parents not to look at him and not to tell him, like, did you eat, did you sleep, or all that, it's happening, and I'm afraid that by the end of Yontiv, he's going to be turned back into that baby or immature teenager that he was. My question is, what could I do at this point? Is there anything I could do to ease the situation? 
Um, we get this question all the time. So instead of taking your question, since we're here to create an awareness, I would like to take your question and use it for an awareness. And this is okay. as follows. In the, many of the Goyesha systems, because we don't really have a from place yet, I should say we don't really have... Oh, let me say when I say we don't have a from place, there are boot camps, almost like military, for a lot of the teens at risk, a lot of times the people that are unfortunately on drugs or other issues. And what happens is they might go there for about two months to straighten out the children, if it's a boy's place or a girl's place. And then after two months where they're stable, they're up on time, they're helping out, they're doing everything appropriately, they're behaving nicely, they're acting, they're doing everything correctly. Then they integrate them, like, back into the family. It means after two months they come home. Now, what has been found is that people are, when they come home, after a short while, they fall back. And do you know why they fall back? They fall back because the parents still have the old view of them, or the parents or their environment, their old friends are there. And therefore, they're falling back to the old patterns, not because they aren't good, but they're falling back to the old patterns because of the, because of the environment. So what these facilities have is, usually they make the parents come down the last week before the child is, is like, say, sent home, and they make the parents integrate, act in those places, be there, or go for special two-, three-day trainings, how to change the way they are. And by the parents actually going for therapy, by the parents getting an education or changing, then things start changing. Now, if in that week or in those two, three days, when they do those special training, they see the parents are part of the issue. The parents need to have Rahmanas. The parents, for whatever reasons, they need to shine someone and pity someone. Then they start sending that parent to therapy. So in my, in my, in my center, facility, where we have now, I have a policy. When we have kids about the age of 15, even 16 and younger, yes, we will take the child, but the one condition is one of the parents must be in therapy also. Not that it's just the kid or the teenager. It's the parent, the teenager. It's the, sorry, it's the kid, teenager, and the parent. And we see unbelievable results. And no, it's not to make more money because the kid finishes much quicker. In fact, most of the time we tell the parent, you come first for two or three months and then send us your child, and we see the kids changing in half the time, if not quicker. So let's recognize now, take this awareness to you. Your issue is that you see your brother is doing better. So wonderful. Know that your brother in any environment other than the house is okay. So now let go. Let him fall back as long as he's by the parents. So once he moves back, once he goes back to Eretz stroll, he'll be healthy again. Does that answer your question? It definitely does, as long as I know that, you know, he's maintaining it in other places and not no like when he's going socially. No one in the other places. Now, what I would like you to realize is, since you are the one worried about noticing the difference, what I would like you to do is, I would like you to be going to therapy and how to let go regarding your parents. Okay. Does, wait, what do, you, what do you understand? I understand that I shall let go, which is okay, as long as I hear Why? it from you. you Why know? am I telling you to let go? Because I guess I shall let it happen by itself. And, you know, even if he goes back there, it's just, well, he'll pick up the taps from where he left We off, don't know. Hopefully. It might happen. It might not happen. But let's understand what's happening. Why are you worried about this brother? Because I've seen the way he had regressed. 
in the couple of years, and I see that it's happening again. Now, like, did you eat, did you sleep, he's home for five days, now, and he's turned into a baby. Now, hold on. Now, it's wonderful that you're asking about your brother. Let me ask you some questions. When, you, when your brother is regressing the old way, does your mother complain to you about his behavior? No, she thinks it's wonderful that she's treating him like a 10-year-old. She thinks she's doing her duties. So. Now, let's, let me shift it again to you. Does it bother you when you want something of a mother, you want a solid mother where a mother won't be treating kids that way, does it annoy you to see that your siblings, that you're not able to get love and caring from a healthy mother as you would like? No, I'm a married daughter. That's not my, my concern. Oh, I work with married daughters all the time, and it's amazing the pain and the anger that they're upset when they watch when they're complaining about their parents, how they're treating the other siblings, and really we're dealing with their own pain that they're watching and they're seeing their neglect. So let me shift it back to you. What is your major concern for your brother? Is it 100% worried for your brother that he's going to fall back? Or is, it that you're feeling, or is it that you're feeling responsible for your siblings and you have to be the parent? Did you take the parent role, try to help out your siblings when your parents were making certain mistakes? No, I don't think so. I think I'm just worried. I know he's entering Shadduchim soon age, and I, I, I see that his friends are on a much more of a higher maturity level than he is, and I would love that he should be able to move on past that stigma, being stigmatized and victimized because he has an issue. I would like him to be his own identity without a medical condition or like be treated like a 10-year-old. Like if he Great. Takes medicine. So now let's go ahead and shift it right back to you. So you're calling us up. I would ask you, how about you have this conversation with your brother, since he's the one responsible? Let's say his name is Chaim. Chaim, you know you're 18, you're 19, you're 21, you're 22, you're 23. I'm just informing you. I see you be in the house. I see you regressing worse and worse to the old story. I don't know if you enjoyed therapy. I don't know if you discussed it with therapy, but I don't know if you want to be that way. Is that how you want to be? How about you go directly to your brother and okay. you leave your parents out of the issue? That's an idea. Good. What will change? What's the benefit of doing that? That either he's going to, I guess, keep himself strong or he'll be very open and just say, like, don't be on top of me and give me my own space and let me lead my own life. Right. So maybe when it's going to come from him, they're, they're going to want to do whatever he prefers, so they're going to back off. You think so? I just want you to be aware. It's extremely hard for someone to say, I don't want to be a victim anymore. Right, but I do hear him, Baruch Hashem, speaking very positively. He had a very low self-esteem and all that, and it's only uh, it's half a year later, and I see him like he's a total different person. So I do think that at this point, perhaps, he's going to be strong enough to say, I want to be my own man. He knows his friends are getting married, and he knows that he's not up to it at this point. And if he knows that if he wants to be up to that point, he has to go take care of control of his own life. Excellent. So here you go. So okay. instead of focusing on your mother and your parents, and still like treating him like a kid, now you're treating him like an adult. Okay. Excellent. I appreciate it. I will try. I could keep... Uh I, I would Good. jump. I would jump a little bit. You know, I said like this. The, the approach. It's, it seems like. Uh, uh, and and I'm sorry if I maybe I offended. I said it's a sorry that, in some way, you're just exactly the opposite of your mom, but in the same way that you want to apply what you're thinking about his life. I would say that wow, Chaim, I saw such a changing about you. You come from Israel, a totally different person. So the bachur, just grown up. You know, I, I hope that you can stand it, take it up, and continue to go up. Instead, touch to put him aside and in a corner, you know, are you, are you going to do, do, do be like this and like this, you know? Don't go, don't fall down, don't... It's I, to remind him what he was, it's wrong. 
I would think that go on the positive side and just you know, Chaim, I I see you 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 different person, you're a different brother. What a beautiful, what a, what what they did to you in Israel. How come? And this how you push him up, and don't I? Th- that's my opinion. I'm sorry. Wow. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yes, beautiful. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a kosher and yamta. Amen. Amen, Amen. That is our goal, and that's what we would like to have for us and for all of Klai Yisrael. And with Siata Deshmaya, we would have it still with the Geulah. I, I just have one more question. Um, if, if parents have anxiety and the therapist, let's say his therapist is dealing with him, do you think he would, that he, he would be picking it up, or if he's not picking it up, then he's not competent enough? Let's understand that. I just didn't get those questions. Understand. If your parents have anxiety, should the therapist pick it up in your brother if he's in therapy? Yes. How should the therapist pick it up that your parents have anxiety? I mean, I know every time people call in, you, you know to pick it up instantly, like if the parents had anxiety no, or anything like that. No, but don't do that. To, no, no, no. Recognize. I always tell that, so I appreciate you actually mentioning that. I do therapy. means I do evaluation. And when I do therapy, it's not about what I see. It's about what the client sees. Means let's say let's say I would be your brother's therapist. Now I'd ask your brother, do your parents have anxiety? No, they're calm. My mother even takes care of me, and she's nursing me all the time. And if I make one mistake, she's over there. And the minute I'm stuck in bed, she's like a nurse. She tells me, "Don't get up. I'll make you everything." And I go, "Do you think maybe she's worried about things?" No, she's not. And I won't tell him, "Oh, your mother's got anxiety." Absolutely not. It uh-huh. could take 15 sessions now for the for the client to to admit it, or sometimes I even then doubt myself. Because the person is in major denial, and that's the beauty when I have peer supervision or when I speak to other therapists and going, you know, this is what's going through my mind. And many times they tell me, you know, you've really, you really, you know, you're really on the ball. I can share with you a story. I had someone that I was helping out a little, and somehow they mentioned a message like, oh, I see you're really not good in OCD. Like, you can't help OCD. And I was going around for like a day and a half doubting myself. Wow, I've helped so many people with OCD. Maybe I'm really not that good in OCD. And I was discussing it with one of the therapists, and they go, no, Mordechai, there was a reason why with this client we weren't being successful because they weren't following the system and they weren't doing everything as you recommended. And next thing you know, like, they put the shift. So recognize, on the radio, it's extremely easy to take a question and answer and to just create awareness. In therapy, I need to go in with the client and start connecting with them. And therefore, many times I'm off sometimes. Not many times, many times I'm off. But when you work with a person, I might be wrong. And then all of a sudden you meet the parents and you go, no, I was right. Or sometimes, yes, I was wrong. In therapy, it's about, not about me seeing stories. Therapy is about the client growing. About My the question is thing. just like if the parents are very involved in the therapy and they keep talking to the therapist and all that, why doesn't he tell them anything like you've got to let go or like don't be so involved? Like they, he sees, How do he you know the seeing... therapist isn't doing that? How do you know the therapist is not doing that? Because uh, as do you far think as I've spoken easy to for my a parent parents, to let go if a client, if a parent has got issues, do you think the parent that suffers from anxiety, do you think speaking to a therapist in six sessions, or will even heal sending it? them to therapy, whatever it is? I well, who said they're ready for that? Do you know how many times I've sent parents to therapy and they refuse to go? Now I made a policy: mm-hmm. I will not take your son or your daughter unless you go. But until then, 99% of the parents never came. Mm-hmm. I say it all the time on air. I worked for 10, for over 12 years, 13 years now with clients. Every time I told the parent, why don't you come to therapy, instead of sending me seven of your kids, they all, 99%, all chose to send me all of their kids rather than they go for therapy. I guess they like you so much. What? I said, I guess they like you so much. 
Yeah, exactly. That's one way of looking at it. At once, the option is either you come along with your child, then they'll come along, and then we start the hard process of having them recognize that they have anxiety, and certain things are called anxiety. They go, no, this is normal. We have this all the time. Uh So therefore, therapy is a process. It's a chess game. And that's why sometimes we hear people saying, I went to a therapist for two years. Yes, because it's that severe, the situations. We have to start. It took us five months just for the person to realize that this is unhealthy and that we're doing it all over, and maybe many family members are doing it. And then we got to start. And then you expect me to change? Oy vey, do you know how scary that is? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. What would you say to that, by the way? Because I'm defending therapists, but I'm a therapist. So what would you say to that? You're talking to me? Oh, I was asking Arvind Oh, Arvind, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. (laughs) Okay, I was was in the other uh, phone line. I'm sure. So what did you say? Sorry. I was just wondering, what are you saying to this whole concept that, like, she's saying, well, if the parents are speaking to the therapist, why doesn't the therapist push the parents to therapy? Or why can't things be changing? And I'm saying maybe they are. Maybe the therapist is pushing, but the parents don't want to go. Or maybe the, the therapist is trying to slowly educate the parents that they need therapy. I would say, and, from, yeah, hmm? from my, my experience, most of us as a parents, we are in a denial. We're thinking that we are the best parents in the world. We know everything. And our kids, angels. And <laughs> when, when somebody can tell, tell you this, Besorah, uh, that your kids is not angel, and your kids you need help about it. Uh, oh, what piton? What? what, 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 what you know, no one. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you're right 100% about it. That, uh, that most of parents don't want to accept that they need the therapies. And or if not they need, at least therapy will help them to go with the kid as a problem. Yes. Let me ask you, is Mr. A still on? Yeah, I, yeah, I hope so, yes. Good. So just before we go to Mr. A, you sent me a message now that I feel is such a major topic. Whew. And we're going to go to Mr. A after I really read it. And I'd like to know if people can please share some of their thoughts about the message. So first let me read this. Uh, let me read the numbers. 618-683-5858 to share your question or your comment but this is a Pesach comment I feel it's very true as well Hi, thank you for your show I just want to bring an awareness to younger siblings now since I read the message ahead of time this is younger siblings this is an older sibling that's married they have kids and now they come to their parents and the younger siblings complain, I have to work so hard, it's not fair, you're not helping, or your kids make a mess, or your kids are disturbing things. So let me just read now the message. I just want to, want to bring out an awareness to younger siblings. Please don't complain that your older siblings are causing you hard work. We did the same thing for you when we were in the house. We cleaned your mess, we cooked, we had to deal with your colored up homework sheets as well. Yes, we try to tell our kids to be the best behavior when we're home, but kids will be kids. This is our home as well. Thank you for your show and Chakosh of Sameach. And it's very important. It's really beautiful written, but you know, what about the parents? <laughs> That's right. Which means notice the that parents? the parents is a saying of the Gemara, Kareach Mikan, Kareach Mikan. <laughs> yeah. means the parents have married children, Baruch Hashem, the kids are married. 
the Einikluch are the pure nachas that you get to have. I saw your Avnissen at the wedding. <laughs> oh, the way you dance with your grandchildren, the <laughs> smile on your face when they got close to you. And the parents want to have the grandchildren coming. On the other hand, the married kids with little kids, it's not convenient having them to come cook or clean the house before Pesach because the kids will make even a greater mess. So what happens is the younger kids are the ones that have to help out more. The younger kids need to change rooms or leave rooms and all those stuff. And what's difficult is the younger kids feel as if everything's being dumped on them. And what I appreciate from this message is that the older siblings are saying, you forgot what it's like to be a, to be a, to be a kid. You forgot when we were younger how much we had to do with you. Those mommy and tati couldn't always do homework with you, and we did it for you. And sometimes when, when mommy and tati wanted quiet, if it was before Pesach and you were younger, we had to take you outside and wheel the carriage all over. So we took care of you. And basically what the older, par- what the older sibling is saying is, there's nothing wrong with, doing, with giving back the same the way you took. Recognize you're not the only one giving. You received till now, now you're giving. And this is something that parents have many times with children, saying there's nothing wrong if children help out parents because we give you so much. Stop looking how much you're, how much you're giving and look how much you took. Okay, so now, I, I, what I, do you say to yeah, this? I want to, add, I want to add It's a very important message, but I want to add about it also to, this, to the oldest sibling. Remember your parents. Remember parents. You know, and I said I spoke about it in, in, in my, my show Sunday. That when you when we come as a guest to another places, and with 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 all the, the kids and all around it, please consider the other person also. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're older and younger. You know, I I I, I I'm going to, to to places. I'm trying to pick up my plate. I'm trying to to go to the kitchen, try to see if I'm, I can help somebody. If somebody, if they, even to wash dishes, if if I'm a guest, why not? Because the poor guys and poor women, the poor that's sitting all night, days to prepare the, the meal, to prepare everything, she's deserve to sit with uh, with us in the shulchan seder, you know. And I'm telling you, we have a laws in our house. Until my wife sitting on the table, we don't start eating nothing. And it doesn't, if Shabbat, any meal that, that we sit together, that's the law. Uh, um, that's right. That's you know. beautiful. Beautiful. And I, I said, that's it. I don't have nothing to add about it, really. Something. No, all I would say is I'd like to literally just repeat exactly what Avnison said. And that is that the wife is not the maid. The wife is not the, is not the waitress. The wife is the Akeris Habayas. And the daughters that are helping aren't the slaves. They're not the waitresses. They are the princesses of Klal Yisrael. And they're Meretzah going to make a queen. They're going to be mothers to our children. Klal Yisrael goes through the husbands and the wives, both of them together. And therefore, yes, we need the husbands to say more the dvatayers or the boys to say the dvatayers and to do that stuff. We might need the wives and the daughters to help out more in the kitchen. That's true. But doesn't mean if they help out, now they're missing out. We wait. We respectful wait. Don't eat the soup until your wife is sitting down and the girls are sitting down and now we're a family again. And husbands, while the wives are preparing in the kitchen, it's our job to be doing the dvatayers or saying or davening or, or singing zmiras. It's an equal balance. Yiddishkeit is about balance. Beautiful, beautiful message. So I guess the same is for the younger kids. If married kids are there, and we know you tell your kids to behave the best, 
don't think that you're on vacation now because you worked with the younger when the younger kids were there. Still help out. Still offer. Beautiful. Okay, we'll and go, I guess yeah. mm-hmm. go to now Mr. we're going to go to Mr. Mr. A, right? Mr. A, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Yes, hi. First, um, thank you for your program. I usually only listen on Komavasa, which is on Yiddish. But now I, um, today I spoke to your secretary, so she told me that you have this um, question and answer show. So my English is not so good, but I will, I will try my best. Your so... English is excellent for what we need over here. So it's fantastic, and I am glad that you're brave enough to call in. And every caller, I should say, I'd like to thank them because Kalyasrol is a small community, as great, as big as we are, as large as we are. And Baruch Hashem, to call up, takes bravery and confidence. And you're also very clear and a good English, so you're doing good, my friend. Okay, so um, on the Kalmavasa program, you you usually say that when somebody asks a question, they have to give more details in order to to give the right answer. So I guess let me just tell everyone what we're talking about over here. Kalmavasa is a phone line in Yiddish where they have a whole bunch of programs there, and it's wonderful. And what I've done is I do over there question and answer. So people are able to text in a question. I have over there like a friend of mine that is a co-host, and he reads the question, and we just discuss the questions. But sometimes people can ask a one-line question. I have anxiety. Help. Like, what am I supposed to do? How do you heal OCD? Like, I don't know the age. I don't know what's going on, no backgrounds. And what I share with people is if you're going to ask a question, Please, give me a little bit of background. How old are you? Share with what's going on in the family. How many years do you have the problem? Give some more answers. I just got a message today. A person sent me four times today. Is it normal for a father to yell at a kid when the kids are fighting? Like, I don't know what we're talking about over here. Does a father fight or yell all the time? Does a father have anxiety? Do the kids fight all the time? Are the kids 25 and 24? Are the kids 3 and 7? When you don't have information, it's so difficult to answer a question. This is, again, for a Komavasa question that I got. Like, I can't answer that, if, or I, we take guesses. Anyhow, go ahead. So now okay, we're just sharing so what that is. I yeah. am, so I am 28 years old. I got married when I was 20, and my wife is also about the same age. And, uh, like, after my, after my first job, my wife, uh, like, got more um, um, anxiety, OCD, something like that. Um, and she went for help. First, I refused her. Like, I didn't want her to go to help, but she was a strong one. And she said, I want to go to help. If you don't want, I go. And also want to say, like, something what you also announced on Kongo that... Sometimes if you don't have the money to pay for the top therapist, you could, you could go to the centers where the government pays for it. And sometimes they, they are very good. So my wife went to pay for Tikva in Brooklyn, and they are doing a very great job without costing me a penny. So, and the, so, so my wife is, um, um, always tells me, like, when she is, like, complaining to me, like, nothing major, like, um, I, I, I don't feel good, I don't have pain, so, and I try to, to give her, um, um, like, okay, so maybe you take time, maybe do this, so always she say, I don't want any, any, any items, I want that you should listen to me, and, and show me that you are, that you are feeling with me, but this is my question, because I feel, when I talk to her, on the motions, what I make on my face, that, Everybody, that every person can read it 
please stop talking. I'm not interested to to hear that. So, and she told me that the most of uh, of her therapy by 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 her therapist is only that she's listening to it and say, "Oh, you don't feel good. I feel so much with you, and this is what I cannot do." So, I want to hear the answer. How can I also do this, like to show her that I that 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 I feel with her, like what like, that I that I feel her pain without giving any help, just like she should see on my face that I also that it bothers me me what what bothers her, and I feel her feelings. Did you got my 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 question? Yes, I do, and let me repeat your question. Your question is, and I'm going to use just a muscle to it, is that your wife likes vanilla ice cream, and her therapist knows how to give her vanilla ice cream, and you, on the other hand, like chocolate ice cream. Until now, what you're doing is she's asking, can I please have vanilla ice cream, and you give her chocolate ice cream, and you're saying, look how great chocolate ice cream is, and she's going, but I want vanilla. And what she's doing is she's telling you, I'm going to my therapist that knows how to give me vanilla, and you're going, but I want to give you chocolate. So now your question is, how do I learn to give someone vanilla? Correct? Right. Good. So now number one to recognize is that there are many different natures. And one of the first classes that we learn in social work school, the first semester, that we learn is how to understand and that's called culturally sensitive and to be able to go where the client is at. That means we need to learn what is this person saying. Some people might say that they like strawberry. Now, I don't even know that there's a strawberry flavor, so they teach us strawberry flavors. The first step that they teach us in therapy is stop assuming. Don't think that if I like chocolate, the other one likes chocolate. Or I know there's chocolate, I know there's vanilla, but those are the only two flavors that I know. The first step is to start thinking, what is the person saying? Wow, there's a whole new flavor called raspberry, called chocolate chip. What type of flavor is this? Mango? What is this, watermelon flavor? There is such ice that way, such ice cream. Now let's go ahead and take it to your wife. Your wife is saying she has a different language than yours. That means when you have an issue, you want someone to give you ISIS. This is how you do it. Take care of it. This, this is the suggestion, and either you do it or you don't do it. But that's what helps you. Other right. natures, especially women, like emotional validation and understanding. I don't like saying especially women, because so far what I know is, is every man also wants to do it. Every man wants to first feel they're understood. Do you notice how you asked me, did you understand my question? Imagine I just give you an answer without repeating your question that you feel I got you. That's validation. That's what your wife is looking for. So recognize you also want what she wants. Before you give the answer, she first wants to understand, do you understand me? Can you realize that I have this and this pressure? Right. Does that so, make sense? So do I do I have to go to college to learn how to do that, or this is what you could what you what you can explain me now on this talk show? How well, let me it? go ahead and, and ask you a question. Can you teach me Masechtas? Um, l- let's do a simple question. Are you allowed to carry? Uh, let's do let's do something else that might not be controversial with going into the word air. Let me just think of anything on Hilchos Are you allowed to drive a car if you're a Hatzalah member? On Shabbos. 
Yes, the answer is yes. Okay, good. Are there halachas that a Hatzal member should know about? What he could do, what he can't do? When yes, when no, before the yes, call, after the for call? Sure. Okay, so could you just, so you just asked me a simple question. Is a Hatzal member allowed to drive on Shabbos? And the answer is really yes, but it really depends on a lot of other issues. Are you allowed to drive back from the hospital or not? It depends which, which, which area you're in. If you're in Borough Park, there's one Rav that passes one way. If you're in Flatbush, there are Rav passes a different way. You know, they have different Rabbanim, and each of the Kehillahs, and therefore they have different Halachas. So you just asked me a simple question that I just explained to you the concepts about understanding someone, validating them. Now you want to know if you could master it in the 30 seconds that I just answered you. I think it's a lot more complicated. So do you think I can teach you now all the different tools that there are to validate and what happens if your wife's got a different issue, different than, than I discussed with you in three, four minutes? What happens when you feel, okay, I validated enough, now I want to give you the advice. Okay, I validated, now move on, let's go to the answer. So do you think by simple saying the Hatzalah member is allowed to drive on Shabbos, now he's going to be able to drive even if he's not going on calls and things like that? No. No. So now you have to sit down, as the Hatzal members do. They get a training, and they have others explain to them the halacha, and then when there's a question, they have the rav, and this way they get educated. So now, do you think you can learn something that you're not able to get? You don't have it naturally, because your wife, or at least with your wife, do you think you could figure it out on your own with just about 30 seconds speaking to me on the, on the radio? No. But no. So now, hold on. What do you think a person, a Hatzal member, does? When they need to learn, what do they do? They go to Shiram. They go, they go exactly. So what would you say if I would suggest that you actually go to your wife's therapist, if your wife gives permission, you actually get training from the therapist that understands your wife's language and teaches you how to serve someone vanilla ice cream when you really like chocolate ice cream. Do you think that makes sense? That makes sense, but only because she goes to, to she goes to a woman therapist, and it's not so like I, I oh, don't know. Great, so her. maybe go to a man therapist. So go to the same place and find out if there's a male therapist. The man therapist can help you out. Mm-hmm. But I just want to add one small detail that it could be what I thought that it makes me so hard that I grew up. In, in by my by my parents' house, it was like very much like the old-fashioned um, 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 secret type that they hide the feelings like they had their youngest child, a sick child, and they put him they put him um, in in a home, and this is a secret nobody talks about him. So my mother is very much that type from hiding the feelings and not talking and not. So maybe. For this causes me to make so hard to open up the feelings and to understand feelings and to go into feelings. Excellent. So let's recognize what you just said, and now I'm going to repeat it and teach you like how we do a little vanilla ice cream to vanilla ice cream. Being that you come from a family where there's a lot going on, there was there was some a child that wasn't well, and everything is a secret. It's hard for you to learn to share and to discuss emotions. Everything's a secret, correct? Yes. So therefore, how are you going to go to a male therapist and learn how to discuss emotions? It's so hard for you, correct? But, but, for, but in my life, I don't feel that it makes me damaged. Like, I don't feel like 
Let's stop. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want you to talk too much because time is limited. We've got a lot of people. So you're saying that it's not affecting you in your life. Let me ask you a question. Is your wife in your life? Yes. Okay. Well, do you think by being raised by your parents that everything is a secret, you don't need to discuss emotions, is it affecting your wife? Yes. Now, let's take the next step. If your wife is affected, do you get affected? Yes. Yes. So now, let's understand something. If your wife is affected, you do not have the tools how to learn her language, and you're affected by that, do you think you should get some training? Yes. Okay, now, how do you think you're going to get the training? You could say your parents kept everything, and therefore you won't go for training. Or will you say... Maybe I could go for a training. And to make it even more kosher, how about you ask your of, tell him exactly what you shared with us. My wife's going to a therapist. My wife learned to get validation. She feels she gets no validation from me. She can't share things with me. Is it okay for me to go to a man therapist that, and I will learn to validate? What do you say I to that? I agree with you that you said that you say right. This is this is what I this is what I will have to do. Excellent. Now, what happens if the Rav tells you, yeah, you have a difficulty that you don't know how to serve vanilla ice cream to a vanilla person because you like chocolate, your mother liked chocolate, your father maybe didn't like chocolate, but your mother told him that he likes chocolate, so now he's used to eating chocolate. And now you married into a wife that is being very clear. No, I like vanilla and I don't want to like chocolate. And I want you to learn how to serve me vanilla. Make sense? Yes. Excellent. Thank you for being so brave okay, and calling so, up. So and I, also so. with the first message that you sent that, yes, your wife is going to organizations where they take every insurance out there. And even if you don't have insurance, they're there to help you at a very, very economical cost. Many times they can do that. And let's recognize that people are getting better and changes are happening. Beautiful. And also, look, first she went by the center, by one therapist, what also said in Kalmbasa sometimes, is the, is the first therapist not good, and then they change. So the first therapist, she wasn't happy, and she changed to a different therapist, which is very, very happy. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for helping so much people and and have a cushion of life and Amen. You too. Thank you and thank you again for being brave to call off and for creating such a beautiful awareness to everyone out there. Okay. Good night. Oh, wait, Yes. What's your thoughts on this? Because I, I got a lot of I, your time here. I would like <laughs> you to share your I, thoughts. I, I think that, uh, first of all, as a man and, and a woman, it's a totally different uh, approach. And I think that this uh, the, the, the Mr. A is it doesn't understand the difference in between the man and a woman. Matter that a woman need a tool to that somebody listen to her. That you know excuses excuses. I didn't see it my my house. I didn't see this. Could be that his parents used to talk in the bedrooms and nobody knows about it. And the mother used to to, to talk to the father all night and he didn't they didn't share it. So this is something that uh, I have to understand that many, many of us don't understand how, how to approach this, uh, uh, you know, uh, different, different, I would say, uh, mentality, or as you say, the, the vanilla ice cream and the chocolate ice cream. 
It has to be that coming from him, and I don't see a one spouse and, and a man or a woman that don't like to see their spouse happy, unless they're really, really uh, crazy. But the whole idea that we're living together, I want to see my, my wife happy, and she wants to see me happy, you know? This is the whole idea, and if you, if you, if you, if we have to learn about it and to do something, something happy, I would re definitely recommend it to do this. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And before we go to the next call, I'm just going to read one of the messages that you sent because this is going on with about the older siblings coming, and it goes as follows: I am the youngest of my family, and I was always left to clean up the big mess that my siblings and their kids used to leave. Since I am Baruch Hashem married with the family, I know what it feels like, and I always make sure to clean up before we leave our parents' house. So I guess, yes, if you're married, siblings, and you've got your kids, please, I would like you to focus more on cleaning up your kids' messes. And many times the married kids will say, it's so difficult to go to our parents because we're busy cleaning up the mess the whole time, but at our house, it's okay if they make a mess. This is part of what we discuss, part of what we work out. It's opposite. Sometimes in the house they're very neat, but the, the, and the, and the grandparents, they, they let the kids do whatever they want. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> okay. okay, we'll go to Mrs. P. Mrs. P. There was Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Yes, good evening. Thank you very much for a great program, and I'm sure that your father has a tremendous lease on the show for what you are doing. Oh, man, thank you, thank um, you. That actually I'd like means a lot to, to talk about the topic about the children going to the parents for Pesach and for every other young that, you know, that happens throughout the year. Um, many times, most of, I mean, I can't say most of the time, because I don't know what goes on everywhere else, but I know a lot of, a lot of parents, you know, they, they complain that when the children come for Yom Tov, they move in, and they really are on vacation. They let the kids turn over the house. They die with the kids. They die with the kids. And sometimes they leave the, the pampers around. Sometimes it's on the floor with toys. The house becomes totally turned over. It's unfair when parents, when children come to the parents. And yes, parents want to see the Einikalach. Yes, they do. we want to see the children. We want to see the Einikalach. But young children, you have to understand. We're talking to the young, to the young ones, even to the older ones that come to their parents that parents are working for the last few months cleaning and preparing and scrubbing and cooking, and a lot of people don't have basic kitchens. And it's very nice, you know, when the kids come. But a little consideration, you know, you don't have to, you didn't have to cook and, and to bring the paisa and, and, and cash and paper. And so at least when you buy your parents' house, I'll suspect to the parents, I'll skip stuff on him. Don't allow your children, just don't sit back on the couch, just read and just socialize with your other siblings when the kids are, especially now it's come and decided this is doing last for one, two, or three o'clock in the morning. The kids are crying away. It's really unfair and disrespectful to expect that everyone else has to put up with your children crying. When I used to go to my parents, unfortunately my parents aren't there anymore. I used to travel a lot of time. I did not sit back and just let my kids turn over the house. Of course, my parents were Holocaust survivors. But you don't have to, pay, have to go to parents that are Holocaust survivors not to allow the kids, not to let the kids turn over the house. So you're going to parents, Baruch Hashem, that you, know, you have parents, grandparents. Let's be considerate and not allow the children to really turn over the house. Because in Merit Hashem, when your children are going to come with their Anaglach, 
you're going to remember the, the, the feeling. You will get a taste of your own medicine, how it was when you used to go to your parents and let the kids so come So let me ask house. you something. What can we as parents do about this? Notice what I'm doing right now. I'm shifting it back to us right now, to us, the parents. Okay, well, this what is what Rebecca Jungreis, she once wrote a big article about, about, about the Yanta Blues, and she said that the parents are supposed to tell the children, you know, whether before they come and to tell them, listen, I really love when you come. I appreciate so much when you come. We really work very hard. Can I just ask you a favor? I know my mother, unless she meets them, do me a favor, don't help cooking. Just watch your children. This is like before Yontov or on Yontov. Just watch your children that, that they should right. turn over so we can enjoy you and you're going to enjoy us. So we don't have to be policemen. Watch your children. Look what they're doing. They're jumping on the couch. They're, they're, they're jumping on the chairs. They're climbing on, onto the counters. Of course, not every kid climbs. Not, but we're talking about those kids that are cannot hurt, rambunctious, and really full of energy. Just be, we should be respectful of each other. And Beautiful. then the Yontif is really enjoyable. So parents don't have to be oh, Boris, when Yontif is finished, I'm not tired of kids turning over the house, you know. Just be respectful and appreciate that you have parents. Appreciate that your children have Babas and Zaydas, because our, we did not have Babas and Zaydas. Boris, our children do have Babas and Zaydas. I mean, our aunt going to have Babas and Zaydas. So at least they should show their children how when we go to Babas and house, we respect them and their property, and we respect their requests. So I guess Beautiful. Children shouldn't okay. feel, we got the oh, message. my parents are such nudges. We can't go to Bobby's Ida's house. They never let us do anything. They saw, you know, parents, listen, our parents are really have very, very strict. Okay. I'm talking about the average uh, ones. I know um, it's, uh, it's, all, it's, it's really uh, late. And we agree 100%, but it's uh, still as a problem with a bro- as son-in-law and daughter-in-law. And you have to go to deal very, very political correct on this issue. And this is the, another, well, another respect, show. We can, we can add another them. show uh, that's supposed to be, you know, Mordechai, what do you say? Yep. <laughs> I agree. It's, I agree that we need to be open. It's extremely important. And that's beautiful. Okay. Well, so we have only uh, 50 seconds. Oh, okay, uh, so uh, let us finish with 50 seconds, Harvinus. So yes. what would we, how would we like to finish now before Pesach? What message would we like? I, I would say the, 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 my, uh, my message to everybody, please consider other people and patience and patience and patience and another time patience and don't come to the, try to, to rest before the, the, the Lela said, the, you know, bring the, the, the positive, uh, and you saw the text about negative people and the Lela said, uh, how we do? Just, you know, stick a big smile on the face and come with really a good up, uh, opportunity and good a way of real feel freedom from all the nonsense around us and Avat Israel and bring it to, to all, of, you know, uh, all of us. And this is the, the best thing, in my opinion, to, to come and celebrate the really Chirut, the freedom Beautiful. that we suppose. Yes, thank you. You know, we always like to have the Geula Shalema to still come before, but still this week, before Mashiach comes, it's a, that's the school of Acheres. Yeah, we have time, still time to see Mashiach before Pesach. Amen. Okay, thank you very much. And thank all the listeners, and thank you everyone for being so brave and calling up with your information, with your question or comment. Appreciate it.